Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is uh, Jay Harwood's the latest edition of the Amazing Mets Alumni Podcast. And my special guest this week is my good buddy, Robin Vittor. Hey, Robert, first off, I wanted to wish you a happy anniversary. Um, 22 years ago this month, you said a major league record was still as intact uh, in the Grand Slam at each end of a doubleheader against the Milwaukee Brewers. Do you, how does it feel to still have a major league record after all these years, Robert? 22 years. Jeez, is that, I don't, yeah. it doesn't seem that long ago. But, it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's nice, you know, to have something, I guess, but uh you know, I, I think the the most enjoyable part of it is just the guys that you're around and and you can remember those guys. And, uh, you know, Al, I, I'm at Oklahoma State right now. We played Vanderbilt. So Jack uh, Leiter was pitching. So Al came out and that kind of stuff comes up. You know, we just remember, you know, some of the stuff that happened. And I, I think that was his game in the he first, the first game. Right. He yeah. The first game. And uh you know, Al always liked early runs. So that one happened in the first inning. So, it, you know, that that part you can remember and kind of, you know, smile about. Well, I did some research, Mr. Ventura. You have 290, oh. 294 home runs and you had 6.1% of your home runs were grand slams. 18, time for fifth was a great, great Willie McCovey. How did you do, you know, what mindset when you went up to bat, you know, to have, 18 grand slams out of 294 home runs. What did you think differently or a different approach? I mean, how did, what was your success? Uh, you know, that, that's a kind of a tough question. I, I think, you know, I was fortunate to always hit around really good hitters. So, you know, usually people didn't want to face Mike and then it would kind of go to the next guy. So I, I was usually there with the White Sox. You know, I had Frank and Albert and, uh, you know, you just, you get put probably in more of those situations just because they don't want to pitch to Mike. They'd rather pitch to somebody else or Frank. And uh, I, I just kind of always looked at it as they don't want to walk in and run. So if you can be patient and not let them trick you, you're eventually going to get something good to hit. And I, I really, it wasn't about trying to hit a home run. It's just trying to hit a fly ball. Because I think in most instances, uh, you know, very few times there was two outs. So you're just trying to hit a fly ball to, you know, get a guy in. And if you get it right, you, you know, you, you end up hitting a homer. So I, I think a lot of those things kind of went into it. You know, there's some pitchers that they weren't going to give in. They'd rather walk you in than, than give you something good to hit. But there, on the other hand, there's pitchers that don't want to walk somebody in. And 
eventually they're going to give you something good to hit. And with the White Sox, you hit two home run, two grand slams against the Rangers in one game. Robert, have you followed what you know what Tatis's son, Tatis Jr. did? You know, he hit two home runs in one game, like to the day after his dad hit two home runs, two grand slams in one game. Did you? What do you think of that achievement? Well, I, I think anytime you start looking back at sons that come in and end up doing things either that their dad did, I, I can remember when, uh, you know, Gr- Ken Griffey Jr. and his dad hit homers in the same game, which is, I, I think, truly remarkable that uh, senior was playing that long and, and junior was good enough to play that early. Uh, but, you know, I think anytime you start seeing sons come up and, and can play, I mean, you know, Tatis Jr. is a really good player. I mean, if, if you see him, uh, it, it's pretty remarkable how good he is. So uh, it doesn't surprise me that he did it, but, you know, there's probably going to be more of that. You know, I can't go with Grand Slams. I have to talk about the Grand Slam that wasn't in the, in the LCS in 99. Oh, you're counting that one? No, we. Didn't. I can't. Okay. I mean, I'm know. just making sure you're doing your research. You're, yeah, well, there's that, that, that. an asterisk next to that one. Okay. We, it helps beat the Braves. It's in the rain. And, you know, Todd Pratt to this day blames you for, for Mom and with first base. He said, all of your home runs were fly balls. Were you top huge fly balls. And this particular home run was a line drive. And he thought it wasn't a home run. And that's why he went to you at first base and what do you remember about that day, Robin? Well, he should watch it. I, I think he should pay attention a little bit better because uh, there was a few people that did watch it and they were waiting for me at home and it never happened. So everybody came out to second. But, uh, I, you know, I, you just I think in most instances, people remember it because it's so unusual. Right. And I think that kind of becomes the fun part of, of that play is there was confusion all over the place. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the betters didn't like it. I, I did hear a lot about that. They, but, they, uh, the, the over or under? Yeah, the over or under. I, I, I didn't know. I mean, obviously, I don't know what it is, but uh, they sure did because uh, there, uh, there was a few hate things coming out at the time that, that I did it. And, of course, I'm going to point at Pratt because – he, he's the one that came back and stopped me. I would have ran around the bases because I saw it. But, I, I, again, just the atmosphere of it, the way everybody came out of the dugout and, uh, and reacted to it, I, I think is a, a really cool part of, of that play and that team and things like that. So it, it, even though you'd like to have a grand slam, it's, it's probably best that it just stays the way it is and uh, you know, I, again, I, I, I know it went over the fence. Most people know it went over the fence, but uh, yeah. nobody's going to be trying to break that record. Sorry, I can't count it, Robin. I, I wish I could, but I can't. Let me, let me talk about the locker room for, for a minute, the, the years you were there. You know, Johnny Franco was a jokester. He did things to, team, to bring things together. You were really not as, out, you know, out, did the things that Johnny did, but you had your own special way of, doing stuff to unite the team. A couple of examples, what do you remember? Yankee Stadium in the rain delay. You dress up as Mike with the eye black batting stamps, running around the bases, and the team was hysterical in the dugout. I mean, how, how did you come to think of that? And, are you uh, sure that was me, Jay? Well, my eyes are not sure that good, I think it was you. I okay. think it was you. But okay, I'm just making sure. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if I would be really good with today being able to do it just because of all the phones and everything else. Most of the stuff that we did, you could do, and it didn't really get out. Uh, I, I think I, I kind of have this private side that I like to kind of keep it in-house. So most of my stuff was done inside the locker room where nobody could really see it. And I, you know, that was one of those outlier ones where, you know, it, I, it was a long rain delay, wasn't it? Long delay, I, delay. yeah. Was it really? I think it was really long because we weren't playing that well. I, right. I just remember Johnny and Al coming up going, and especially Johnny, like, you got you to gotta do, because I was walking around in the locker room during the delay, and I would kind of walk around like Mike and joke around with him. But every time I walked by his locker, I'd pick something up and put it on and keep walking around and, you know, just trying to keep everybody loose and, and ready to play. And Johnny goes, if we get rained out, you're going on the tarp and, and you're going to you're going to run on the tarp. And I'm like, Ugh, I don't know if I can do that. And it kept going, kept going. And they finally called the game and Johnny's like, all right, I got everybody. We're going down. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I can do this. And I really had no choice at, at that time because they're, they're like, we need, we need something. We need somebody to do something incredibly stupid. <laughs> and I was the perfect guy to do it. Well, it was, it was a good, great. Another thing that Bobby V gives a credit for uh, Toronto uh, gets thrown out of the game, um, argue with the umpires. And he says the guy who made me come back in the dugout dressed up uh, was Robert Ventura. He said, nobody will know it's you. Do it. You, I mean, is you, was Bobby V mistaken or you take full credit for that? Uh, I, I, I don't think I could force Bobby to do anything. I, well, I, think, he, I think he wanted to go down there. And uh, the, the one part about it is I never got my hat and glasses back. <laughs> and those were good glasses too. I, 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 I don't know if he kept them or, or what happened to them, but I never got them back. I never got the, my hat back. So uh, yeah, he just, he was in the locker room and I, you could tell he wanted to go back out there, but uh, great. yeah, he, he, he wasn't afraid to do stuff like that. Robin, another thing was in the locker room. We really, you made me a Doris fan. I mean, I know you went to a concert with John Olerud and you made L.A. Woman, Mojo Rising, our theme song. And it kind of brought the guys together. You went in the locker room, was blasted all over. It was a great song. And it was really like typified our, our season that year. You know, 94 games, one little short in the, in, the, uh, in, in the World Series. But what do you remember? How did you pick out that song to be the song? You know, Oli and I went to, we went to a movie. We watched Austin Powers. And in that movie, it was like talking about a mojo or everything. And, John, you know, John doesn't have a ton of emotion, but he, we were walking out and he goes, you know, we're playing pretty good right now. We got a pretty good mojo going. And, you know, I just, I was, I just kept thinking, I've heard that some, like I, there's something with that somewhere. And I, I remember that door song and I went in and, and I asked Charlie, I'm like, Hey, you got any doors on your, you know, you can play the doors. And he goes, yeah. I said, all right, if we went and I play the, you know, LA woman. And he goes, okay. And for some reason that song kind of starts out slow 
and he started it. And by the time we got on the field and you walk from the field at Shea into the locker room, because you have to go through that tunnel and back over, it was like perfect timing for that part of the song to come on. And I don't know. I mean, it just kind of took off. You know, I, I, I don't I didn't expect it to be anything like that. I mean, sometimes you do that stuff and, and nothing. No, it's a great song. It doesn't get any traction, but. I think we had enough older guys that it was like, you know, that's that's actually kind of fun. So it ended up kind of having a life of its own. I, it wasn't like that's, the, you know, the only stuff I listened to, but it it just seemed to work with that team. Yeah. It, it, so I want to apologize again. Uh, I'm interrupting. You should. You interrupting should. Spot this week. So Robin Ventura, let me tell the listeners, back to Oklahoma State as a student. Um, three-time coach, All-American. Student coach. Student coach. Student coach. Uh, three-time All-American, 58-game hitting streak at college, uh, college baseball Hall of Fame, uh, every, you know, every record manageable with the Cowboys. What made you go back to school, Rob, to try and get your degree? Um, I, You know, I was just kind of looking for something to do. I, you know, it was like I still love coaching baseball and, and doing stuff and – this was something that would just seem kind of fun. You know, I, I like the age group. Uh, you know, I haven't coached in college. I've, I've pretty much coached everywhere else. And I had come back for some football games and ran into Josh Holiday. That's our, that's our coach here. And, and uh, Matt Holiday had just joined him as a volunteer assistant and their dad was one of my coaches. So it kind of, it was a familiar group. Uh, Rob Walton's the pitching coach. I played with him here and, uh, you know, they kept asking me about it and I was, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, I, maybe I'll do it. And, but the only way to do it was to be a student coach. And I was like, Ooh, that, that creates a little different, different animal. But, um, you know, I just, I just kind of like doing different things and, uh, it, it just seemed like a really fun thing to do. And, I, I'm having a great time. I mean, I, I enjoy it. Uh, you know, it's it's just one of those things that you get to, you know, work with young kids and uh, try and help them kind of be the best version of themselves. Do you, is, is, it, is it learning virtual, Robin, are you in class? I mean, what's the situation? Uh, it's virtual right now. I think next year they'll probably be, I, I think you can go into class, but I, I kept mine virtual just because we're so busy here doing baseball stuff this semester. So I think I mean, next I mean, semester... Uh, there'll, there'll be a yeah. lot more in-class stuff. Do people recognize the kids? I mean, no offense, but you're probably a little bit older than the average student. I mean. Oh, yeah. I'm, no, I, I'm definitely older. <laughs> do people, your numbers retired to you, do they kind of like give you a second look or anything? Or Not, Well, you know? I think at first, you know, I'm kind of like the Thornton Mellon around here of Oklahoma <laughs> State. Uh, you know, it's like you – you know, even doing this virtual stuff, I had in one of the classes, I had to do a, a, a team project, like a partner project. So you have to do a Zoom call. And the girl got on there and you could tell right away it was freaking her out that, that I had to like go, no, 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 I, I'm actually the person you're supposed to be talking to. I know you didn't expect a 53 year old man to be on here, but, uh, you know, it took a while to like convince her that I was the right person. Well, I'm sure. Uh, we're going to get through it. Rob, so you inducted into the Oklahoma State Hall of Fame, and your class is pretty good. Barry Sanders and Garth Brooks. That's a pretty good class to go into the Hall of Fame with, huh? 
Yeah, I mean, they're they're obviously they've done some amazing things. Uh, you know, they were they're even great when they were here. I think you know Garth. I mean, that's obviously the relationship that I had that got him when I called you about it. That he had called me about coming to spring training, and I'm like, well, I don't make those decisions, but I'll I'll get you a hold of Jay and uh, get you in touch with him, and then see what what happens and. That turned out to be a great experience, I think, it, for everybody. It was great. He, Rob, he stood every day, signed autograph with the autograph, never left one person, uh, you know, un, unfulfilled. What a great guy. He got, I think he was one for 26 that spring, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, he, you know, I think his impact was, was a little bit bigger as far right. as even the players and, uh, you know, just how he treated people. Uh, I, I thought it was great. You know, we had a, a team barbecue over at his where he was staying and you know all the players could bring their kids and everything and I was barbecue he had he had me barbecuing and I think Hampton's dad had some connections with some stone crab but we had really good food and he played all night you know he he would just sit there and the kids and you know there were some kids that learned how to play I think Scotty Lawrence's daughter uh, became a musician and I, he thinks, you know, that's probably one of the nights that was really uh, uh, kind of swayed her in that direction, just seeing how talented he was. And he gave he got a ring, too, from the National League Championship. He, one of my favorite springs. Rob, so this uh, September 11th, 20 years after 9-11, you know, I've been to Mets a long time. I was fortunate enough to get a ring in 86. But for me, the, the my best memory is how that 2001 team reacted after the attacks. We had a great, great bunch of guys with, you know, Bobby V, you, Todd Zeal, um, Al, Johnny, Vance Wilson, Joe McEwen. We just re reacted to that moment. I mean, I don't think it was a charity event we didn't do. Well, what are your thoughts now, almost 20 years after the fact there? Well, I, you know, what a crazy time and, and sad time uh you know I, the, when we got back from pittsburgh uh when we pulled in you could just see kind of the relief efforts that were going on because shea was a staging area and you it kind of hit you right in the face of, of what was going on because none of us had gone down there at that point but you you know there's firefighters trying to get some sleep there's you know, supplies all over the place in the parking lot. And I, I think at that time, Bobby was just talking about it. It's not really time for baseball right now. It's time, you know, to, to help out and, and do what you can. So I, I think, you know, we had a bunch of great guys on that team as far as, you know, going out of their comfort zone and, and just trying to help. I mean, you, you don't know how much it's going to help or, or hinder, but, you know, if somebody's asking you to do it, you're just going to do it. And, uh, you know, I know there was a lot of requests that, that came in of, of us going somewhere and doing something, and you, and you just did it. I, I don't think anybody was going to say no because you, you, you could get it done and, and still come back and play. Robert, you were memory. I know my memory is failing in my mode all days, but you were on deck when Mike hit the home run, right? I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, wait, when he went to bed, you know, he always, not that you didn't, but I had a feeling when he came to bat, something was going to happen good. I mean, he always kind of rose to those occasions. Do you remember what you thought when he went to bat that day? Um, yeah, I, I, you know, 
especially against the Braves, you know, we we had a tough time beating them. And for for us to play them that night and for Mike to hit that homer, he, he always had a way of coming up big in, in those situations. And even when he hit it, I didn't know if it was going to go. Because I don't think it was – it was kind of a cooler night. And, uh, you know, he, he just always found a way to, to do something big. I mean, I, I think that's uh, – what I remember the most is he, he just kind of found a way to do that. And I, I think just the eruption that happened, I think everybody got to just cheer uh, and kind of let loose some emotion that they had, you know, whether they were, you know, feeling down or anything else, you just got to be able to cheer and, and, and act normal. And I think that was probably the biggest thing. Hey, well, a couple of last questions, you know, it's been said you played with the greatest infield ever in, in, in Mets history, some say in baseball history. You were third base, uh, Ray at shortstop, Fonzie at uh, second, and John at first base. What are your thoughts about that infield? Uh, it was just a really comfortable uh, feeling. I, I think everybody, you know, I don't think we thought that way necessarily in spring training, but, uh, you know, Ray is probably one of the best shortstops ever as far as just being able to get to a ball, especially in the hole. Uh, you know, he's very flashy and, and, uh, but consistent. And I, I think, you know, he was kind of the glue in there. I think John, John brought just his ability to pick a ball. He was so easy to throw to because he was such a big target and nothing ever you know, he never made any movements that made you feel like, you know, you threw a bad ball no matter what. And he, he was just very easy to throw to. Uh, you know, Fonzie had moved from third base to second base. And that, you know, he, he became a really good second baseman. I mean, him and Ray together were fabulous. And uh, I, I think for the most part, you just look at how consistent everybody was. And I, I think you know, the, the pitchers, you know, we had some ground ball pitchers, you know, Al was throwing cutters all the time. So Ray and I were getting most of those and, um, you know, Rick Reed and Bobby Jones and everybody that, you know, when they had lefties hitting against them, they would, you know, you had Fonzie and, and Johnny on the other side. So it was a, it was a pretty special, you know, kind of time to, to be together. Hey, Robin, I wanted to thank you for your time. It's great catching up with you. And uh, you, know, you go back to studying after you were done, and I hope you get all A's. And if you get a B plus, I'll feel it's my fault. Yeah, uh, believe me, I'm going to put it right on you when I make my comments. Okay. Devin, Mr. Ventura is all yours, sir. Yeah, so, Rob, we're going to try something a little bit different uh, for this podcast. So we're going to do a quick five rapid questions here. First thing that comes to your mind, there's, the right, there's no wrong answers here, so you're going to ace this no matter what. And uh, we could just cue the the corny trivia music right now. So, uh, all right. That being said, um, Chicago or New York pizza? Ooh, I like New York pizza. I like it a little bit thinner. I don't, I don't like the real big deep dish. So I like that good crust. New York pizza. Mets black jerseys, yes or no? Yes. I like those jerseys. They were, uh, you know, for me, that, that that's a fun time of my life. And, I'll always like those, I'll always enjoy those jerseys. Defense or offense? 
Ooh, that's a good uh, offense. I mean, I, I think you always enjoy getting a hit. I, I think defense, you enjoy playing good defense and helping out your team, but you you always enjoy getting a hit and knocking somebody in. Talk or text? Uh, talk. I'm not uh, texting. I'm, you know, that that's, I'm okay with it, but I'd rather talk. Best Halloween costume you ever wore? Best Halloween costume? Uh, I had to go to a pirate party and I dressed up as Willie Stargell. <laughs> Instead of an actual pirate, I dressed up as Willie Stargell. Favorite subject in school, now it's finals week for you. Ooh, favorite subject in school. Uh, geography. And I, I enjoyed like learning about different areas, and, uh, you know, different areas in the world and things and how, how they operate in different countries. I always enjoyed that. If you weren't a professional baseball player, what sport would you choose to play? Oh, sport? I would take golf. I like golf. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, I see the size of people in football, that wouldn't have been well. That wouldn't have gone well. Basketball, I'm too short, so I'll, I'll take golf. Jay, what about you? You a good golfer? Me? Yeah. Miniature golf. I'm good at miniature golf. <laughs> <laughs> Robin, if you can go back in time, hop in the DeLorean and push it to 88 miles per hour, what baseball player would you want to see in person? In person? Play? Uh, Willie Mays. I want to see Willie Mays play. Good choice. That's Jay's favorite player of all time. He'll be 90 I know, years I'm just old. sucking up to him right now. You had it, baby. He'll be 90 years old tomorrow, Robert. Bet, uh, who's a better ping pong player, you or Michael Jordan? Uh, Michael. Michael, uh, he, his wingspan, he has touch and he has wingspan. So he's, he's a much, he's, he's better than I am. Favorite ballpark to play in besides Shea? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I, you know, it was always fun to go to Old Tiger Stadium in in the American League. That was a, especially for a left-handed hitter, that was a good park to be in. And last question here for you: If a movie was made of your life, what genre would it be, and who would play you? A movie was made in my life. Um, the genre. I would hope it would be a comedy. Uh, and once Kirk McCaslow I played with said Christian Slater looks like me. So I'm going to have to just go with that. Jimmy Kimmel thinks he looks like me. So, but I haven't seen him act yet. But I'll, I'll go with Christian Slater. All right. That's it. That's, that's the end of the rapid fire trivia question. Good job, Deborah. Good job.